good to go. With more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you direct and live. All right, here we go. Hour two of the show off and running with you today on this Monday. It is a reaction Monday here in the Bureau. And so far in hour one, it was pretty much all state and South Carolina. <laughs> and that's the one college game that I saw up close and personal this weekend. Uh, uh, I saw every play and kind of have rehearsed it a little bit, know the most about that one, by virtue of being on a radio crew. And I watched a good bit, just about all, of Alabama Ole Miss watching on a television in the booth, uh, the press box, that is, at uh, Williams-Brice Stadium at South Carolina. Lots of people have talked about the atmosphere at the South Carolina game, and, and it is phenomenal. They do a great job. They have for a long time. You know, the, the last time we were there was back in 2013, prior to this trip, and even then, and that was kind of a day game, so you didn't have the night atmosphere, but even then you could see it. It's been this way for a long time. Whether their team is good or bad, they fill that place up. Williams Bryce. They do. And they are loud and engaged. And South Carolina and their people and their department has always had a knack. I just think a knack. They just they get it somehow. I mean, I don't know. People just need to copy them. They have a knack for coordinating video board and elements and music and even a few things on the field during timeouts with the flow of the game and the atmosphere and involving the the, the crowd that just makes for a great atmosphere. It really does. And so they've added, for night games, you could see they've added the, the LED lights that do all kinds of crazy things that flicker. And so for those of us that get migraine headaches, sometimes we have to cover our eyes, which I have to do that in Tuscaloosa too, but that's okay. That's fine. Whatever. It's just me. A lot of people like them, especially it seems like young people really like that. Mm. Which they are colleges after all, and they ought to appeal first to players and students before everybody else, and if that's what they want, you know, go do it. Uh, on that note, I did get a text here from Stephen on the country-pleasing text line. He said, I hate to be negative, but I didn't realize our pregame and in-game stadium experience was so bad. South Carolina has an incredible atmosphere. I actually thought we played better, Stephen says. We had a couple of mistakes, and they had a great home field advantage. Yeah, they did. And look, okay, first of all, you know, their quarterback, I don't know that anybody's, you know, been hotter. There's some that are on better teams and that have played well. But I don't know that any quarterback has had a hotter streak here than Spencer Rattler has lately. And he's a really good player. And the other night, he was just kind of in control um, and the thing was, you had four sacks in the game. You had five tackles for loss. You were not credited with any QB hurries, and so that's um, you know that's an you know an issue. You probably weren't around him quite enough. But a lot of his stuff was timing, right? A lot of the stuff was coming out on time. Where I mean, you would almost have to have had a breakdown somewhere in order to get to him, infect him before he did throw it because he wasn't holding the ball. He didn't have to wait. Guys are coming open. But he was just, you know, really locked in and really accurate and really in control and even did a few good things with his legs at times. And, yeah, some of that was aided by state mistakes. Some of the explosive plays were um, in the first half you had two instances where backup safeties were playing. Young guys, younger safeties are playing in the game because Sean Preston was 
sitting on the bench. He had gotten the targeting call the week before, so he had to sit out the first half. Uh, on that first touchdown, which you know was a crossing route, uh, Leggett caught it and then turned it up and outran everybody. If you go back and look, you got a young safety back there who takes a sort of a downhill north and south angle, more of a vertical angle when that ball is completed, and and it was a bad angle because that thing's going to go wide. you got to cut that angle off. You are the safety, therefore you're kind of that last line. And by taking that shallow vertical angle, he actually cut off Nicholson who's chasing it. And then it's just a foot race. You're not going to catch him. And experience tells you we're giving up the first down here. Okay, what I've got to do is almost go lateral and make sure I slow him up so that we can maybe get him down and just not give up a touchdown here. And so that was one inexperienced play by a young safety who's got to be in the game because Preston can't be that hurt him. Another one, you know, and Isaac Smith made some some plays in the game. He's a freshman. He was playing in high school last year. Really big-time recruit. He is a big-time athlete. He's going to make a lot of plays for you. But there was one, too, where down in the red zone, they're bringing safety blitz with Isaac. He's coming off the right edge of the offense, left edge of the defense. Well, by virtue of that blitz, some other things are stepping in, you know, slanting across. And so he's really the edge defender. He's coming down from his safety spot to be the edge defender. And what he did is instead of going on the edge, he actually went inside of the tackle. Like he, he, he got to thinking he could get there quicker by going inside of the tackle. And when he did, the tackle steps in on him, boom, there's nobody on the outside. Quarterback easily escapes to his right. He could have run and scored if he wanted to, but then somebody came open because they're chasing, and he throws a touchdown. And part of that was because you got to know, yes, I'm trying to get there, but I've got to get there within my responsibility or he's going to slip out and it's just free sailing because there's nobody else over there. Because I think you had man call with the blitz. So there's some of those things going on. Um, but, but outside of that, did they play better offensively? Yes. Did they play better defensively? Not really. Not as a whole group. They didn't. Um, you know, I thought Pickering played better himself individually, but in terms of the entire defense, you really didn't play better. And you're just not going to win SEC games on the road giving up 37 points. There it is. You know, I mean, it's really just about as simple as that. St. Louis Vic texts the show. What's up, Vic? He says, Matt, I don't mean to come off as an apologist, but when a team loses both kickers, have to raid the soccer team for a replacement, and are down numerous starters, which wasn't made public. No wonder a team like Jackson State would struggle to Bethune-Cookman University. Yeah, I mean, and they were shorthanded. And they're coming off a game, they gave up 77. People get hurt and that sort of thing. But, you know, you got to play better also. We had some people talking about the Cowboys, too, over here on the Murray West live thread. If you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, hey to y'all, type in a comment, hit post. It pops up right here in one column on the live thread from the live stream. Presented by Murray West. Go to murraywest.com. Contract embroidery company right here in Mississippi, going all the way back to 1996. Wonderful people. And uh, custom apparel, other things as well, promotional items. Anything you need, if you need your Logo, your company logo, your brand, your church, your team, whatever it is, sewn and embroidered on anything, printed on anything, stuff, clothes, just trust me, wherever you are in the state of Mississippi, go there. 
Call them up. Look them up. MurrayWest.com. It's M-U-R-R-Y West.com. Mark says, Dak doesn't have a Witten at any or any other big body receiver for the end zone. And he says, Jerry loves Smurfs. Little guys. Yeah, you know, and Dak can play better in the red zone, too. I don't think any of them really played that well. You know, when you can't bully your way in there with those offensive linemen who are hurt, you got to find other ways to score. I mean, you're all multimillionaires playing NFL football, and you got a really good team. you got to figure out a, a way to execute in the red zone. Uh, Arizona did some good things. You know, they pressured him that one time, had a free blitz where he stepped in there and tried to throw it in the middle. They batted it down when if he, if he makes the quick throw to the back pylon, you had the one because it's man-to-man coverage. So if you know you've got man-to-man and we've got a route that's not going to allow defenders to pass each other off, in the red zone, we know we have man. Who's the matchup pretty much automatically you're thinking about down there? Well, it's C.D. Lamb, right? And if he just he sees blitz, if he just, before he gets hit, just pump it to the back pylon, Lamb easily runs a corner and beats his guy. Like, just beats him, and he's probably going to catch that for a touchdown. So that was choosing the wrong. And then here I am, like, I'm not criticizing. I'm just what little bit of evaluation you can see if you can't just bully your way into the end zone. You know, the final one where, he, where Dak threw the pick – you know, you're hoping the running the the linebacker flows out of there as you look left, so you can come back and zip it right by his head, kind of back to the goalpost, hoping your your receiver can get there and get a toe down. But the linebacker just turned and made a play on the ball, and it really just wasn't there to begin with. A little bit of a force, but that's what happens when you have a, a game's worth of red zone trips where you don't get points. You force it. Because you're down two and you're there to win the game. You're not there to protect the ball. You're there to win the game at that point and you got to try some stuff. And yeah, you're right. They don't have people who just blow by man to man coverage down there in tight, you know, in a tight part of the field. Out in the field, Lamb's hard to cover. Out in the field, when they got to give a little bit more cushion, you know, you can find, they find ways to throw slants to Gallup and, and stuff on the sideline. And for Cowboys, maybe getting Brandon Cooks healthy and get him going, maybe that helps. I don't know. But you certainly don't have tight ends that you can, you know, super-duper trust down there and tight man-to-man and quick throws and that kind of thing. So I'll just say what I said after the first two weeks. I mean, when they're healthy, they're really good. they got a chance for sure. But, you know, the, their offense does not look like a world beater. It just doesn't. It doesn't have that look about it. Especially not after you watch the Dolphins play <laughs> and the Chiefs. And, I mean, that's what you're up against in that league. And the Saints, it. Let's check in on Beaver real quick here, real quick. Hey, B! Hey, Matt Wyatt. Did you go watch the Saints game yesterday? Yep. What was the reaction over there to that one? Doomsday. <laughs> well, I, I mean, on the, on the left side of the couch, it was yeah. Doomsday. Yeah, right. Over on my side, eh, secretly pleased. <laughs> uh, there's your, uh, if you ever start an NFL podcast with your buddy Saints bro, name it, Secretly Pleased. It's the name of your podcast. Saints led 17 to nothing at halftime. But wait, it gets better. 
it gets better. They led 17 to nothing at the end of the third quarter and lost that game 18 to 7. Just brutal. You know, and so we find out that uh, what's his name? Derek Carr has an AC sprain in his right shoulder. That's tough. Jameis came in there, did complete 10 balls for 101, no scores. You ran it for 77. Offensively, they weren't that great, but uh, Love made some throws. And that's the thing, talking about offensively for three quarters. That's another thing that's hard to believe them losing that game because for three quarters, the Packers looked awful <laughs> offensively. I don't mean just look bad. I mean look awful. And then here they go, score 18 points in the fourth quarter and win it. That's a tough one, too. Had all the momentum. Saints wearing all white uniforms, which are their best. In my humble opinion, no, we don't, we're not starting a, a, a uniform conversation. But I, I do like them. Yeah. 49ers playing tonight, aren't they? Let's see. No, no, they played Thursday night. Beat the Giants. Tonight you have a doubleheader on ABC and ESPN for Monday Night Football. It'll be Eagles and Bucks in Tampa tonight, 6.15 on ABC. And then an hour later on ESPN, it'll be Rams-Bengals. Isn't that a rematch of the Super Bowl? Yeah. And then who the... Yeah, Burrow and them lost in the Super Bowl to the Rams, right? So rematch of that one. Yeah, I'll probably watch Eagles-Bucks. That's what we'll do. Cincinnati's 0-2. Burrow's trying to get healthy. All of this. Rams are 1-1. But you got two 2-0 teams. Eagles-Bucks in Tampa. Watch that one tonight. Philly favored uh, in that one. All right, more comments on the Murray West live thread. Go to murraywest.com. Check them out on Instagram, too, if you haven't already. Uh, give them a follow at Murray West Official. They do a great job of kind of giving you a little behind-the-scenes look there on Instagram of their operation, their business, how the machines work, and some of the stuff they're doing. So I think they do an excellent job with that. So I think you'll like it. Go check it out. Blind Squirrel Sports on YouTube on the Murray West Live thread says, Does anyone have Georgia on upset alert this weekend? He says, My dogs do not look elite this year. And Auburn has ruined more Georgia seasons than any other team in the SEC. Yeah, but where is it? Hang on. Is it at Auburn? It's at Auburn? I'm going to look it up. Don't, don't, don't waste your – I don't want to waste y'all's time, you know, asking you to type it in. You shouldn't have to do that anyway. It is at Auburn. 2.30 CBS at Auburn this Saturday. Auburn coming off a game in which they threw for about 50 yards in the ballgame. The whole – game against Texas A&M and threw for like 50 yards. Let me tell you the exact number. Passing. Peyton Thorne, starting quarterback, Auburn. 6 of 12 for 44 yards passing in the ballgame. Robbie Ashford, 1 for 4 for 4 yards passing. Georgia has one of the top 5, whatever, passing defenses in the entire country. Loaded with NFLers. They are not losing that game. No is the answer. Does anyone have Georgia on upset alert this weekend? Uh, no. Now, he said it, 
He said the barn looks terrible, but that hasn't stopped them from upsetting Georgia in the past. Yeah, and I, hey, look, I, you know, say it like it is. Uh, Hugh Freeze teams generally will have one big upset a year, where they just pop up on somebody. You know, they generally have one of those a year. Jimmy agrees with me though on uh, he says Squirrel uh, Georgia is not on upset alert, not against Auburn. I agree with that. Will gave us a howdy on YouTube, said happy Monday. Well, back at you. Back at you. Um, John commented on the YouTube live thread, Murray West live thread, and says, how about Zach Wilson film study versus New England Patriots to put some color on his problems playing in the NFL? Well, you know, I could do that. For me, I'll tell you what, John, I love doing those things, and if I had nothing but time, I would do a bunch of them and and spread it across lots of different teams and quarterbacks and stuff. I enjoy doing that so much, but um, I don't know if I'd be able to fit that one in. And and generally, John, I will say this too. I don't – I kind of will pick and choose just based on what I'm interested in personally each week. It would be if it was, you know, certainly about numbers and clicks and then – Revenue off of it, which sometimes those things do earn revenue. But I, I will just say, if it was just strictly about piling up clicks, it would be smart for me, wouldn't it, to week to week find a big story or a big controversy or you know a big market, a place like New York and the Jets, you know, and do some video and just see if you couldn't get a hundred thousand Jets fans to click on it, you know. But I, I'm just not there right now chasing them, and so I probably won't. No promises for sure, one way or the other. But I probably won't. I'll probably just have time to do like. Uh, a film study from the state game, maybe looking at Alabama Ole Miss, and the state plays Alabama next week. And I really do find Alabama interesting. I got a lot of friends and family uh, there, and some who root for them. But I, but there's something about that Milrow I've always found interesting, and I like watching him play. And yeah, he's had a, he's gotten dinged up a few times with interceptions here and there, but he's such a prospect. I really like looking at him to see what they're trying to do. All right. Over to the phone line, Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Ready, Teddy, on line one. What's up, Teddy? Hey, Matt, I hope your Monday's doing well. It um, is. I don't, I don't I don't get to call in often on Monday, but I got to ask, ask you something. Okay. Now, this is an estimate because I do think exaggeration is a form of lying, so the last thing I want to do is exaggerate <laughs> or lie. But... Would you call me crazy if I told you, well, first of all, I love Ole Miss. I love, Ole, I love Lane Kiffin. I'm a huge Lane Kiffin fan. But would you think I was crazy if I, could, if I told you somewhere around 60 to 70% of the time, depending on the personnel and the formation, that I can tell you what play Ole Miss is about to run? Hmm. Well, um, no, I don't know. I mean, 60 to 70%. I mean, I'm not Tony Romo or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Maybe I just watched Ole Miss play too much and watch too much stuff. I don't know. Yeah. I would say that and, – and what is this? This is his fourth year there? Yeah. Right. Yeah, so that you're into his fourth year of watching him and his teams play. I still would say that – let's just take it literally, okay, Teddy? I still would say that it literally, if it's true, you not being a coach or a former coach or anything, if you literally can – watch the game and 60 to 70 percent of the time tell us what's coming i would say that's a problem that would be an issue for them if that literally is true and i mean i'm going to go back and watch alabama games because i was working or yeah. you know i didn't get to watch every single play but when 
Oh, and also based on uh, down and yardage also. Uh-huh. Um, it, it just seemed like I, I, I told my coworker we were watching, and I said, I said, watch this, and then exactly what I said happened. You know? uh-huh. Huh. Huh. Another thing is, Ole Miss don't need to be trying to run a jet sweep against Alabama. <laughs> under no under no circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you try that on a team where you're you're out out athleted if that makes sense? Well, you've got me really curious uh to I had I had I had sort of thought, you know, this being the week that state was gonna play Alabama that I would probably go back and maybe put together a film study of a few plays from the Ole Miss and Alabama game. And you've got me really curious to see because like without seeing it, Teddy, my first thought is you know, it may look like speed sweep or jet sweep, but it, there could also be a read in there for the quarterback, too. Because a lot of times, you you know, Teddy, like, they'll send him in motion, and it looks like you're going to run the jet sweep, but he actually pulls the ball himself as a quarterback and then runs straight ahead. And that's because you'll be reading you'll be reading one of those inside linebackers and if he runs out of there. So now you, you got me really curious to go back and watch it closely. Which I think I will do. I'm, no, I'm not that. just talking about Lane Kiffin going. I'm not just saying I, I know when Lane Kiffin's going for it on fourth down. Everybody yeah. knows that. Yeah, right. I'm just talking, <laughs> I'm talking about the other plays. Yeah, I'm talking about the other plays. <laughs> That's good. But, uh, I got you. All right, man. I appreciate it. Y'all yeah. have a good. One. You too. Thanks for the call, <laughs> Teddy. <laughs> he said, "Now I'm not talking about knowing if Lane's going to go for it on fourth down. We all know that. No, I'm talking about the hard stuff. You know, what play are you running?" <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <Atta> boy. <laughs> More of your comments, your calls, your texts on this Reaction Monday coming up in the Bureau. The Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stick around. From the amazing hits. That one is huge. To all the amazing plays. Matt Wyatt has got it all for you. Just listen to that. Hi, and here we go. Back with you. More of your comments coming up. Feel free to drop them. You can text on the country pleasing text line. Be like Teddy and call me on the phone. Or if you're on the live stream on YouTube or Facebook, hey to y'all. Y'all can type in a comment. Hit comment. It pops up right here on the Murray West live thread. However you get in here on the show, it's the same as grabbing a chair, pulling up to the table. Plopping down and just jump right in the conversation. I'll even pour some hot coffee in your mug here from High Point Roasters in New Albany, Mississippi. Go to highpointroasters.com. Get your coffee there. Last week, I put in an order, and within 24 hours, it's sitting at my house. And I am loaded up and stocked up and caffeinated now. And trust me again, listen, if you are a coffee drinker, if you like it, do yourself a favor. You will thank me. Go to highpointroasters.com. Order it right there. Tell them I sent you. And it'll show up at your house. Whole bean or already ground. Man, that's good stuff. I was telling Beaver before the show began. Got a little bit of a cold. And I was drinking that hot coffee. And I told him, I really don't know what I'd do without it. <laughs> it's terrible to be the sort of dependent on anything like that, but I'm not real sure what I would do without that hot coffee. 
Hey, uh, now here's a thought. What do you think about this? What have you always heard about the SEC, about Southeastern Conference football? What have you always heard? I've always heard that it just means more. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's not what I've always heard. But I have always heard that it's a line of scrimmage league. you got to win the line of scrimmage you want to win in this league. I mean, what about this? Two teams from Mississippi okay, go on the road in the SEC on Saturday. Ole Miss went to Alabama. State went to South Carolina. Two teams in the SEC go on the road in the SEC. One team rushed for only 56 yards and lost by 14. And the other one rushed for only 32 yards and lost by 7. Now, earlier in the show, this first hour, I was describing, you know, this, you know, this thinking about offense and how it really is a, you know, good off every effective offense, every one of them. You have things you can do that you game plan to try to manipulate them into letting you do, but everything you're able to do really is a taking what they give you. And the pre-snap motion is trying to get them to move somewhere so you can, they give you this. The formation is trying to get them lined up so that they'll give you this or so I can read it. But within a play and within a scheme, it's you're kind of taking what they give you there. It's finding a hole in their deal. It's not saying we're going over here come hell or high water, you know, as often. So in State's case the other night, for example, it was really clear. We're going to see that on the film and do a film study this week. It was really clear. South Carolina's philosophy defensively was, we're going to stop their run. <laughs> I don't care how many people we have to get involved. I don't care how much man-to-man coverage we have to play in the secondary. We're going to tackle Woody Marks. We're not letting him beat us by running for 100 yards a game. He's the number one running back in the SEC coming in there in terms of average. We're not going to let him do it. You're going to have to beat us some other way. And by, because of that, because that was their philosophy, and they used numbers of people in the box and scheme and everything else and how they defended where he lined up, same thing with defending him in the pass. Because of that, it gave you one-on-one opportunities elsewhere on the field. You, you had fewer times in the game where Tulu Griffin, for example, was running against one man covering him and another safety on top as in previous games, because they were devoting people to the run. So, because their philosophy was this, State went, all right, if you're going to give us that, we're going to take it. And then it's our job to hit it. Well, State hit it. If you look out there, let's say, for example, well, let's just say, I mean, it's a hypothetical. Okay, but what if Alabama defensively this week goes, you know, we've got the players and the individuals up front and kind of in our front seven defensively where we don't have to blitz and play a ton of man-to-man behind it and and give it up single you know shot throws where it's kind of 50-50 stuff. We don't have to do that. We can stay in a base defense with at least a single safety over the top, but in some cases just playing zone cover three where we drop corners deep and we have a safety in the middle and we'll, we'll still be able to defend their run 
And that's what we're going to do at, at Alabama because we don't want them having the chance to throw one-on-one goal balls the way they did against South Carolina. Because even if they hit two or three of them, it still gives them a chance to stay in a game with us. We don't believe – see what I mean? <laughs> so week to week they'll watch film and give you stuff based on what their personnel is versus what yours is. And so to my point, State runs the ball for only 32 yards – and loses by seven on the road. So it's not that, well, you throw for almost 500. That's good. That kept you in the game, gave you a chance. Scored 30 points by doing that. But along with that, if you had been able to also line up, and even though they've got people here, physically we still whip them enough that we're running it down their throat and they can't stop that either, then you win the game. See what I mean? Ole Miss and Alabama. Ole Miss ran the ball for 56 yards. Jackson Dart throws for 244 in the ballgame. Throws for 244. Did not throw a touchdown. Did have the one interception on the deep ball. But only ran for 56. It's a 14-point game. What if, instead of running for 56, you run for 130? How many more first downs is that? How much more time is that on the field? How much does that change the flow of the game? How much does that mean you're, instead of down 14 at the end of the game, you're within a touchdown? Yes. So if, even though Alabama's saying, you know, we're going to make you one-dimensional too, and the one, we're not going to necessarily cover, but we're going to heat up your quarterback and get after him, you know, some. What, Alabama had five sacks in the game. Well, if you're able to knock them off the ball, run the ball, it changes everything they've got to do defensively. So I'm not. It's not a matter of going. It's, it's not never as simple as going. Well, now we're throwing it good, and now we need to run it more. Okay. So what if you hand it off more? If you don't make anything, <laughs> why would you do that? If you can't run it, why would you run it? The deal is not running it more. The deal is running it better. Not having busts. Go look at the first series for State. It might have been a heck. It might have been the first play of the game. We let somebody through on the left side. Right through there. Bam. Stop your running play. So it's not about doing something more. It's about being better at it. And when you're better at something, it totally changes the way a defense has to play you. It just changes it. State grad 98 text the show country pleasing text line says the biggest takeaway from the weekend is Taylor Swift showing up to the Chiefs game. <laughs> Kelsey is a big winner. I guess so. I mean, like I look, okay, I'm the old guy here among us. I'm the old guy among us. I couldn't tell you one single solitary Taylor Swift song. I don't know. I don't know. Don't know. Don't care. The only regret I have about it as a Chiefs fan, State grad 98, is that every time I watch the Chiefs from now on, I half the game they're going to be putting a camera on Taylor Swift in the booth. And frankly, I don't care. I do not care. You could put her in a cheerleading uniform down there. You could let her call. Well, don't let her call plays. I won't go that far. You could give her a uniform, football uniform, put her on the sideline. I don't want to see it. <laughs> I'm here for the game. 
feel like a lot of the other people that way too, but look, big celebrities, okay, fine. Do what you do. I kind of regret it. I kind of regret that I'm going to have to look at that over and over, and after every touchdown, we're going to a reaction shot. I don't want it. I don't want that. <laughs> Let's see. Did I miss J-Rock's text? Yeah, I did. J-Rock texts the show, and he goes, uh, hey, Matt, I don't know if the numbers back this up, but it seems like Will has a lot of balls batted down at the line throughout his career. Any thoughts? Hail State. Let's get after Bama. You know, J-Rock, yeah, he's had some. I mean, everybody has a little bit of that to deal with. And just quite frankly, the taller guys have to deal with that less. A guy who's 6'4", 6'5", a long arms, whether he's any good or not, <laughs> he's going to have less balls batted down at the line of scrimmage. That's just the way that works. Shorter guys, they just, they're going to have a few more batted down. And some of it's situational and stuff, too. I, I do feel like there are certain teams with certain D-line coaches who do a better job of coaching and communicating and working it into a part of their habit and their technique of knowing, okay, I'm stuck. I'm, I'm not getting loose here after two and a half. My hands are up. You know, or I've got my arms extended on pass rush. I'm not getting there. I see the quarterback's eyes. My hands are up. You know, some teams do a better job of D-linemen getting their hands up and batting balls down than others. I wouldn't say it's some sort of issue, but you can't grow, go out here and just grow five inches, whether you want to or not. Stick around. Whether it's about winning the game or even losing the game. You're going to hear about them all and get to talk about it with Matt Wyatt right here, right now. All right, back with you. Let's try the phone first. Uh, the Divinity Equipment phone line, Preston on line one. Preston, thanks for calling. What's up? Yeah, Matt, I watch a lot of college football, and it, it seems like I see a lot of what I call holding. I don't, I don't, I don't know how it's interpreted by the refs, or, but you know, yeah. in the league. But uh, I want you to tell me what holding is. Or explain to me what holding is. <laughs> I, you, I thought holding was when you grab, hold the yeah. a person's jersey, a shoulder pads. And you hold it on. That looked like holding to me. Maybe it's another interpretation by the referees of the SEC. Because yeah. I expressly see certain teams seem to get away with it like a murder, especially <laughs> Alabama and LSU. Yeah. You know, the ones that I feel like are are the least called, like it's happening, like holding is happening, it's not getting called, is obviously in pass rush. Situation, some room right. game deal. You know, it's offensive lineman, and the right. one, the ones to me that I see the most is, and you're probably seeing the same thing, is where you do have technically, like, as an alignment. Let's say my hands are on the front part of his shoulder pads and up on his shoulders. I don't have them wrapped around the side of his arms or anything like that. 
But as I've got my hands up there around the tops, you know, the front of his shoulders, I'm grabbing uh, his jersey and shoulder pads. You know, like I've uh, actually closed my hands, you know. And once right. you grab and hang on, now you can really manipulate that guy and he can't get loose. Right. And, you know, every now and then it'll be blatant enough where the defensive lineman's trying to change directions because the quarterback's escaping, and as he tries to change directions to get rid of the lineman, the lineman doesn't turn him loose, and then it becomes a little more obvious. You know, you see some of those. Right. But the other one that I'm seeing more and more, Preston, that definitely is holding is that offensive tackle who's you know got a guy going to the outside, and he sort of just hooks him. You know what I mean? Like his right, let's just say it's a right tackle, and his right arm is hooking the guy around the front. And right. that I'll be honest, 25 years ago, if you did that, it got called every time. And somehow we have worked it yeah. into a deal now where nobody's calling it. And defensive right. linemen have no chance if they're going to allow them to hook them out there right. on the outside. I'm sure you're seeing that too. And also, it looked like I'm saying it, it seems like they're putting their hands up on the outside of the shoulder pad. Uh-huh, and grabbing the pad, yeah. And then holding on to the defensive lineman, and that's that's advantage to oh, me huge. to the offensive lineman. What can you do when the guy got you got his hands up under your shoulder pads, yeah. holding on to your shoulder pads? You know, it it really restricts what you can do and how quick you can do it. Yeah, it does. And I've tried to think about it, you know, Preston, and go, okay, look, you know. Let's just say, let's say, for example, what if, what if college leagues and stuff with their crews decided they wanted to be a little bit more like the NFL and protect these quarterbacks, right? Because these quarterbacks on the field bring eyeballs, they bring people to the stadium, and they bring eyeballs to television. And since the NFL is a business, that's really their number one deal. So they've got rules in the NFL that if you breathe on the quarterback, it's a penalty, you know, basically. Well, and I could go, well, it could be true that maybe there's some leagues that are starting to incorporate some of that in their training of officials with how they interpret these rules to protect quarterbacks. So we're going we, you know, lean toward in the direction of an offensive lineman being able to get away with some holding if it keeps his quarterback clean and it puts offense up. But, you know, it's one theory. When you ask me to describe it, what it is, my deal is, If I'm an offensive lineman and I'm able to stay in front of you and with my body, not with my grip of my hands, but with my body, I'm able to stay in front of you and either drive you somewhere or keep you from going somewhere. But if I grab, first of all, my hands and I, you know, grasp any part of you that restricts you from being able to move, well, to me, (laughs) I mean, that is holding. Okay, and me too, all day long. And and everybody gets away with some of it, but it is a hundred percent fact, one hundred percent fact, Preston. There are some schools in some stadiums that will get away mm-hmm. with a whole lot more of it than others will. It's just a fact. I see that. I see it. I agree with you, hundred and ten percent. And it's so frustrating as fans because you that that depicts the outcome of the game so much. I tell you, you know, the one, too, that is interesting, it's almost college. the college game is almost different than the NFL when it comes to receivers and defensive backs. Like in, in college, 
I see a lot of holding defensive backs, like holding on to a guy when he's coming out of a break. Yeah. And they, they call uh-huh. it every they call it every now and then, but you watch an NFL game, man, if a DB even nudges uh, a receiver coming out of his break, they call it. They call hold, defensive right. holding a lot. Right. I don't know why the difference, but anyway, well, keep your <laughs> eyes peeled for it, and I'm going to do the same thing, Preston. Maybe we'll see some more examples we can call them out. Okay, appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks for the call. Uh-huh. Let's see here. Let me look at just just for comparison's sake. Uh, penalties. This is the Alabama versus Ole Miss game. Alabama had five offensive penalties accepted in the game for 45 yards. Two of those were holding. Two of those were holding. One was to start. The second half. Looks like it was starting the second half. Uh, another one was later in the fourth quarter. Uh, Ole Miss had five offensive penalties. They both had the same number of offensive penalties. And three of Ole Miss's were holding. So three of the five on the Ole Miss offense were holding. Two of the five on the Alabama offense were holding. Let's look at the state. There weren't a ton of penalties in this game, were there? Well, state had five and Carolina had four total, so it wasn't like a ton of penalties in the game, but let's see what they were. Um, South Carolina had two offensive penalties. One was holding. It did not come until late first half. State had one offensive penalty in the whole game, and it was a holding in the second quarter. They got called for a delay of game, but it got declined because they took the delay of game on purpose trying to make it a little better angle for their kicker. and uh, South Carolina declined it, and State still hit the kick, so it didn't really matter either way. Uh, only 35-year-old Ed texts the show and says, Matt, we need to create some sort of glove for an offensive lineman that makes it possible to makes it impossible to close your hands. I got a better idea, Ed. This would be easier. Make a glove for offensive linemen that when you close your hands and actually grab something by bending your fingers, you know, you 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 cla- grasp, clasp your hands and you hold something, that the gloves still appear as though your hands are open. <laughs> right? So if I reach out and I do this and the official's watching me and I grab his jersey and I'm hanging on, but it looks like I still got five fingers sticking up like I'm not holding Invent that. Guarantee we can sell it. Low key. Down low. Like, we're going to sell it out of a suitcase. We can sell a bunch of them. (laughs) Yeah, I just said it. I'm only joking. I'm only joking about that. I don't have time to fool with stuff like that. Do you? (laughs) Um, You could sell one or two. I promise you. I promise you, you could. All right, listen. Good night. The show's almost over. Good grief. What just happened to this show? The show is almost over. Where did time go? A couple of things real quick. Uh, Everett comments on the Murray West live thread. He says, an old coach used to say it's only holding if you get caught. Uh, And good block is your guy didn't make the tackle. And you didn't. Get caught holding. That is a good block, he says. 
<laughs> Thanks for the kind words. Blind Squirrel says, great show, Matt. Thanks, everyone, in the chat. That's right. Y'all make it a lot of fun. A lot of fun every day to see what everybody says uh, in, the, in the live thread. Chuck said, I'm with you, Matt. I don't tune into the NFL games to see wives, girlfriends, families, and friends of players. I don't either. Like, I'm, like why are we seeing that? <laughs> Does it really spark interest? <laughs> and maybe they know something I don't. Keith commented on Facebook and says, a team having 500 yards of offense should be on the winning side. If Arnett can fix the defense, some state should win some games. Yeah, just play a little better defense, right? Make a few plays, get to opposing quarterbacks, create some turnovers. The biggest thing is figure out a way to disrupt an opposing quarterback. That's two weeks in a row that the other guy has just been on fire against State's defense. Well, out of time for today. That was fun. Fun Reaction Monday show. We'll do it again tomorrow on Tuesday. Same time, same place here in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. See you then.